Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today we have as our guest, Gene Ashen, Director of Athletic, uh, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and Director of Athletics at North Salinas High School. Welcome to the podcast, Gene. Thank you for having me, Mark. Let's have you start by sharing with our audience where you grew up, where you went to college, where your first teaching job was. Well, um, I grew up right where I'm standing. So uh, that's the beauty of this place. I am um, born and raised here in, in Salinas and graduated from North Salinas High School in 76 during the Title IX era. Um, played everything I could play. I uh, went to a small private school for eight years and then came to a large public high school, which was a pretty big shock. Um, but many people have heard my story that says on that first day, I was a woman grabbing me by the arm, took me in the girl's locker room and said, look what I found. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I think that became a real love of sports. Um, I'm the oldest of five. All of us graduated from here at North high. Um, and my senior year of high school, I was, uh, wanted to go play college basketball. So, um, coach made a tape for me back then. It was a lot different than it is now for kids. And um, Billy Moore was the, just coming off the 1976 Montreal Olympics and asked me to come down to Cal State Fullerton. And um, you had to try out back then. There was a JV team and a varsity team. Um, and so made that varsity team my freshman year, played behind an All-American, learned a lot, um, played there for three years and then went to UNLV. My coach um, left after my junior year my second coach and I decided I was gonna play for somebody I wanted to play for. And so I transferred to Las Vegas and loved it. Just loved it, played for a, a great coach with some great people. And um, when I was done, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So my first job, um, the superintendent of Clark County at the time uh, was a huge rebel fan. And so he said to me, hey, I've got an opening. I know you want to be a teacher someday, coach. Um, can you fill in for me? It's from 3 to 11 p.m. And um, it's for kids that have some challenges, to say the least. And I said, sure. So from 3 to 11 p.m., I taught physical education to kids like ping pong and shuffleboard and things that... Uh, maybe just kind of keep a man out of trouble, to be honest. Um, and then I'd go down to the strip and have a 99 cent dinner um, and then do it all again the next day. And I was the coordinator of women's basketball, which meant I swept the floor, picked up the recruits, did that, and then got my um, credential at the same time. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then taught two years at a middle school in North Las Vegas, loved it. And then um, at the end of that year, my ex-roommate in college said um, she was coaching at USC at the time. And she said, you know, UC Irvine is looking for a, an assistant women's basketball coach. And I thought, you know, I'll throw my toe in the water and see how I like it. And spent um, about a decade down in Southern California, um, knowing that I would always come back to Salinas. And in 1992, I came back. 
So uh, 50 years ago, I was a freshman here at North Salinas High School with this class. And this is my 31st year um, at North Salinas High School as a staff member. And um, I think my 26th year, I think, as the athletic administrator. Um, been a, a roller coaster of a ride. Um, when I started, I was the girls' athletic director. We always had a boys' and a girls' athletic director. And one of your other questions, I'll touch on that. But okay. um, about halfway through, um, the boys' AD, we'd gone through, through two or three. And my principal said, why don't you apply? And I said, oh, okay. So I applied to be the boys' AD and um, got the job. And since then, our district has made it into a single full-time position, which has really changed Um the landscape, I think, of athletics in our district and throughout and throughout the state. Uh, California, we are not as progressive when it comes to full-time athletic administrators. And um, when I see the other parts of the country, it kind of makes me sad. We've got people that are teaching full-time loads and trying to do this job. So, but I love where I am. Both of our daughters went to school here. So family-wise, our Oldest graduated in 11. She teaches 50 feet down the hall and our youngest graduated in 2013 from here. And Saturday, I just became a grandmother for the third time. So I have two beautiful granddaughters and now we have a grandson. So uh, life is good. I'm interested. Uh, let, let's delve deeper. So you you got the job as the girls AD in 95 ish. Yeah, 96. I think 96, Riley, I think was two. So I think 96, 97. Okay. Yeah. And I was paid, the, being paid less than the boys athletic director. Not surprised. Time. You got the boys AD job in what year? In probably 20, 2005, six, somewhere in there, probably, I would say. We became full time in 2015. That is when we became a teacher on special assignment in 15. So um, there's only been, our school is, our North Slingers High School is the same age as me. So I'll be 64 this next month and our school is 64 years old and there have only been three women in that position since the day our school opened. Fran Maycumber, who was my athletic director and teacher, Margie Silvera, who was my coach and second mom, and then me. I'm interested to hear your side of what it was like being the athletic director of the males in 2000, because I can't imagine that there was another female. And I'm wondering when you had meetings and such, what that was like. Well, I, I remember my first football game on the sideline and the white hat came over and asked where the athletic director was. And I looked around like, uh, well, I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and because most of the women are thought of as the athletic trainer, right? So there are mm -hmm. many more women in our athletic training profession. So it was somewhat unheard of to see a woman on this on a football sideline. Um, and for me, it just, um, one of your other questions I know is about like how this happened. But for me, my first year, the commissioner said, you're going to become part of the state association, the national association, you can do all this. So there was never a time where I didn't think that there wasn't going to be opportunities. Um, at the time, Maria Sheeta was the executive director at the CIF and Gatorade called her, uh, NFHS called her actually, NFH called and said, we need a volleyball coach from California to sit on our coaches ed committee. 
And um, Marie called me up when I was coaching with Bill at the time and said, hey, you want to be on the Gatorade committee? And in fact, it was, um, uh, we didn't go to our third one because of 9-11, actually. And um, that opened up doors that I never knew of. Um, I, I, I kind of equate it, you know, when I started high school, one in 27 girls was playing sports. Now one in three, right? So right. probably when I started, um, I would say there was maybe 20% women, but I would say now um, there's a lot more women in athletic administration um, since, I, but I mean, I've never considered, every time a new person comes in, I feel like it's my responsibility to welcome them and mentor them and outreach with them about all of the opportunities that there are. But being on that, on that NFHS committee really um, showed me there was a whole new world <laughs> besides California. And I think that was a real positive for me. I have Marie to thank for that. Let's go back to 1973. You're a freshman in high school. Title IX is less than a year old. Was North Salinas right on the cusp and you started participating right away? Well, I think we're lucky in the fact that we always had a woman looking out for girls sports. We have always had a woman for 64 years looking out for our females. And so my freshman year, we played outside. Well, I didn't know any better. Um, we played outside. There was punch and cookies on the sideline. Uh, we wore our jumpers from physical education and we had a little penny over the top. And I have some pictures. In fact, the IA magazine, I sent in some of mine, all four of my pictures are on there, the little tiny ones. But um, we played outside. I, we were just happy to be playing. You know, we really didn't know. And all of a sudden, I think it was Margie that said, um, or Fran at the time said, well, we're going to, we need to play in the gym. We're not going to stay out here and play in the, out of the basket on the outdoor. Or you're going to have to figure it out, right? And so you start off with, you know, balanced practice times, et cetera. By the mm -hmm. time I'm a senior, I'm in the main, I'm in the boys gym. Cause you know, we, then we got to go into the girls gym. We called it back then. Now we call it the small gym and the main gym, but um, there were just a bunch of women who continued to expand opportunities. Um, when I was here, there wasn't girls soccer, right? But now we have a thriving girls soccer program because of those women who came before me and said, we have a group of girls that wants to play and we need to give them some opportunities. Excellent. Share with our audience some of the mentors in your life, parents, coaches, teachers, bosses, whatever. Yeah, I've been really lucky, I think. I, I feel like my whole life, um, we call it kin magic in our family. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. my maiden name. Um, and the five of us call it kin magic. And I, I honestly believe in that. I, I believe I've worked hard, but I also know that a lot of people opened a lot of doors for me. Um, my first day when I was here as an athletic director, the, the commissioner at the time, LG Belizio, who just passed away last month, um, LG came in and talked to my principal and said, Jean needs to go to these things. You need to send all of your athletic directors to these national events, to these state events, and you need to stay on top of everything. So we were the first district who had AEDs. We were the first district who had breakaway bases. And we had those things because I went to a national conference and listened and came back and said, hey, the new standard of care is this. And our district has been so supportive in that. Um, 
And then our new commissioner is the same way. Um, every single person who comes on, you know, I, I get them a professional development booklet and I say, look, <laughs> you know, your number one predictor of success, I think in this profession is going to be your involvement. Um, and I would never have gotten the opportunities that I, that I've received without saying yes to a lot of kind of scary things to start. Um, and then uh, Fran and, and Margie, I mean, I couldn't have asked for two amazing more role models in leadership positions as women. And every, every principal I've had, I've outlasted a lot of them, um, has just been super supportive of athletics. And I think our district has always been that. Our board, um, we're a five high school district, has always looked for ways to support kids in their talents and treasures. And so we have so many kids that have gifts um, related to athletics, related to band, related to ballet folklorico, related to uh, theater. And those are, our district has been super supportive of those opportunities, which I've been very grateful for. Very good. Jean, let me ask you this question. What's your biggest failure or disappointment and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I saw that question on there when you gave the, you give us the cheat sheet, Mark. So I appreciate yeah. that. I think um, there's not one particular moment in time. There have been particular times where I've been, I mean, I remember at Aptos losing a football game um, with Julia and Riley both being so small and both of them just bursting into tears about a football <laughs> game. And I thought to myself, you know, and I remember the heartbreak of those kids. But I think for me, um, Early on, I didn't listen enough. I always thought I had the answer. I, I could fix it. Um, and I would say now I look for more involvement with what do you think would be better? Not just, okay, bam, that, that's the way we're going to do it. Um, it's the easy, push the easy button. So I, I definitely think I would have um, taken a breath more often I think we work at breakneck speed so often that it's really hard to just take a breath and connect with a coach or a kid that needs something. Um, I think those are the, the moments where you say, hey, you know, I got that wrong. I need to apologize or um, I, I'm sorry I didn't spend that enough time to hear what you had to say. Um, I think th that's the hardest part, I think, of the job is just the pace um, that we go through every day. Very good. You've been an athletic administrator for close to 30 years. So tell us how your job is different today than it was <laughs> back when you first got it in the mid nineties. Yeah. I loved that question. I started laughing when I read that question, actually. Um, I think when I started in the nineties, I think I remember saying, Hey, make sure there's a bus, make sure there's some water for the officials and make sure that you have a tri-tip sandwich on Friday night. Um, that's kind of how it was. And um, the rules that have come about and the legal duties and the facilities and the parent involvement and the booster clubs and the concussion protocol um, and the baseline concussion testing, um, <laughs> all of those things that we didn't do ever. Um, and today, uh, like I said, I mean, I started off with a period for this job, then two periods for this job to do it and teaching the other four um, to being full time. And it's it's seven o'clock at night and I have just finished a field hockey match and I got here this morning at 6.30. Um, and that's a typical day, it's not any nighttime events. And so um, there are more coaches now, 
the certification involved with coaches with sudden cardiac arrest and heat illness and concussion management, um, managing a staff of almost, we have almost you know, 90 coaches just in our building alone. Um, and those adults, I think over, over 60, 70% are off campus. So their day starts at, at three o'clock. And that's when my time starts with them. Um, and so I think the, that has really changed. You know, when I first started, everybody was on campus. So I'd walk over to their room or I'd talk to them or, or whatever, but not anymore. Um, and I think social media has changed. I mean, I never thought I'd have a Twitter. Um, I never thought I'd have a Google voice number. I never thought I could talk to somebody in Utah, you know, in a computer. Um, yeah. So, you know, I started out with whiteout. <laughs> so uh, things have definitely changed. Um, I think it's a, besides the principal on a high school, I believe the athletic director is probably the most noticed position and um, looked out for by parents. Like people don't know an answer. They come to the athletic director. They know that you're going to figure it out. They know that you're going to be part of the solution. Um, I get calls and, and people all the time. I know you've been there forever, Jean. So I'm going to start with you. I don't know how to get blank. And um, if I don't know the answer, I make up an answer. But no, I don't make up an answer. But I, I know how to find the answer for them. So I think it's a very high profile position that you are constantly being asked to do more. And you're constantly under the microscope to take care of kids, to take care of coaches and take care of your community. I just want to reemphasize what you just said for our listeners. The athletic department is the front porch to your school. That's no matter what school you're working at, that's the front porch. That's the front door. That's what people see. And you are so right when you talk about besides the principal, who's the most visible person? It's the AD. And so thank you so much for saying that. Let's shift gears a little bit. And have you share with our audience here in Utah and across the nation your journey with the CSADA and then your journey with the NIAAA because you've been awarded, you've been on the board. So I'm going to turn the time over to you. Yeah, it goes back to that involvement part. I mean, I honestly believe that you, you get what you what you put in and I'm not afraid to work hard and I'm not afraid to put in the time. Um, but you also have to be in a position where um, there's an opportunity. And so back with the CSADA, um, this was, I think, in 2000. And now I think I've been on the board for over 20 years now. There was, no, there was actually an election for a female at-large position on the board. There was a North position and a South. And so I won that election. That's how I ended up on the board. We don't even have an election anymore. Um, and now I serve on the board as our CIF um, Federated Council representative, which has been great to be involved at the CIF level. Um, I got involved at championships by working the state basketball tournament with some wonderful fellas that I just had a blast with for about 10 years. And so those basketball tournaments and volleyball tournaments got me into an even bigger circle of people. Um, serving on the CSADA board, um, we, California being part of section seven, send a representative to the board every 15 years. So um, again, I feel like Kin Magic had me in the right place at the right time. I had gone to the national conferences. My first conference was in Las Vegas. And um, I, had, yeah, I had talked to, I had taken classes and I had drank the Kool-Aid from the NIAAA. Mm -hmm. And um, the board unanimously um, approved my um, selection to be our 
our representative for those three years on the NIAAA board. And those are the three of the most special years of my professional career and personal career. Um, those people in that room have made such a difference in my life. Um, and just there's a there's an acceptance and there's an awareness in that room of what this job is about. And this job is one of those jobs that a lot of people think looks really glamorous. Wow, she got a new shirt, she got a new hat, um, and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, and it is, it's the best job in the world. However, um, it's a lot of work. And so being on the NIAAA board and being part of that organization has been just, you know, I, I can't say enough about the organization and learning about servant leadership and learning about more on a global perspective of um, sitting down with people from New York and Indianapolis and going, hey, we're talking about the same thing, even though I'm in California and learning from those people had, was just amazing. Um, and that I have some friends for life um, from all over the country. And once I retire, I plan on visiting those friends in their parts of the world. So. Let's follow up with the NIAAA board because by coincidence or not. So my last meeting in Indianapolis on the board. So Utah's right ahead of California in the rotation. So I'm going off, you're going on. And I can remember your reaction because they do the once around the room. And I remember when I first came on the board in 2009 and I thought, what is this? And everybody, and like some of them started crying and of course, this was all brand new to me until I was at that meeting and I was blubbering and crying like the rest of them. And then you had that reaction on your face like, what, what is this? What are the, what's going on? So talk yeah. about that and some of the other experiences on the board. I am sure that every person who goes to their first last board meeting of the other people goes away. I remember calling my husband and saying, Baba. I don't know what I've gotten myself into. I'm not sure if I can do this job. <laughs> and I remember the passion and the energy and the love and the care. And I thought, wow, um, these people have only been together for three years and you meet three times a year and you do a couple conference calls. You know, how, how do you, how are these connections happening? And then after that meeting, I remember getting rushing to the airplane going, uh oh, I'm going to be late for my plane after Holly, you know, gave us that beautiful wicked CD and you're exactly touching, and you're touching words. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> um, and then the winter meetings with the snow falling from the sky in February. I live in Salinas. It's between 50 and 70 every day, except for right now we're burning. But um that was one of the first times I'd seen snow fall out of the sky um, and walking around the lake in the morning and running with Ken Money and running with Mark Armstrong and walking with Trish Whitkin and, and just all of the people, uh, my mentor Dory, who probably didn't know what she'd gotten into because she had to mentor me. Um, and then in Dallas, when I, I left the room and walked back in and there were 25 pairs of socks hanging on um, clotheslines from all of them because my first meeting in February, I didn't bring any socks other than my workout socks. I was like, you know, California girls don't have socks. And uh, <laughs> so I have socks from Arkansas, from, from Annette and from Kentucky, you know, from Phil Risen. And so I've got socks from everywhere that um, I look at that really bring memories. But those early morning walks and runs uh, were the times where we talked about the challenges that we were all facing. 
um, and the things that we wanted to do better. And that's what I love about the NIAAA board is every year, what are we look, what are we trying to do better? Um, what are we, what are we going to make better for our student athletes, for our coaches, you know, for our communities? And I love that um, about the NIAAA board. And I have all three of my treasures that my really, my lessons of the pump from Rich Barton and my my pail from Andy Childs and my coin mm -hmm. from Bill Risen are with me at all times in this office. And um, those are the things that I remember. Um, I had to sit, <laughs> I didn't realize the president assigned seating. <laughs> and so you get assigned next to your, your mentor, which I was next to, to, to Dory. And, right, right. Um, but my third year, they put me right next to Bruce Whitehead. <laughs> and so I think I was, I sat there because they wanted to see if I'd be, uh, I was, I kind of considered myself a little bit of comic relief. Um, but I think I got Bruce to li lighten up a little bit on some of those board meetings because it's a lot of work. You get to the office at seven in the morning and you're leaving at four or five at night and you're expected to be um, in your professional mode that entire time. Not that they don't spoil your rotten. Um, the NIAAA knows how to, ha knows how to spoil their members that serve. And so um, it's just, it's a, it's, memories that I will treasure for the rest of my life. Let me follow up with this. Did you have your first meeting in the old boardroom? I did. And so Dory Smith is sitting on your left and mm -hmm. Bruce Whitehead is sitting on your right, which is my exact share. <laughs> well, my first year I was, my back was to the window and I think, that, oh no, I was at the corner next to um, Gary, Gary, no, uh, Mike Schneider okay. and and uh, I think they put me there so I wouldn't look out the window and I would pay attention. Um, <laughs> and then I moved to the one side and then I moved to the other side. Um, so the president has a lot of power. I, I told him, you get to do the seating, you know, the seating arrangements. So, but yeah, I, I hear that everything looks really nice out there as it should for that group of people. They work very hard. Share with our audience your experience as the state coordinator for years for the CSADA. All yeah, these September we, meetings you went to and <laughs> Indy and all those types of things. Yeah, when the when the state um, really decided when Roger Blake became the executive director, Roger and I had worked basketball together. And what happened at the state basketball tournament was Roger was doing the sportsmanship meetings between both of the schools that were coming on. So there'd be five games one day, three games, five and five, there's 10, 10 games. And Roger was getting, uh, had to do all of the sportsmanship meetings and he didn't really have a script. So he said, come on in here. So he did one. And then he said, hey, can you do the next one? <laughs> well, I ended up doing the next one, the next one, the next one, the next 10 years or so. That was my thing where I would meet with the captains and the administrators and the coaches and the officials and really set the tone for that upcoming game. And so, um, when Roger said, you know, let's teach an LTC class at CSADA. And we're like looking at each other like, are they going to let us teach a class? You know, is anybody going to come? So Roger and I taught all the classes with each other. And we just tag teamed off of each other. And that man, talk about a special place in my heart. Um, we just had a blast. And I think our first class was dealing with challenging personalities. I'm pretty sure in 2001, I'm pretty sure I was just looking at my manual and so we expanded to two then we expanded to three and four and then we said hey we need to send somebody to indy and so they sent me for some for some time um we haven't been back for a little bit but um cc robinson has done a great job with um coordinating our classes we now offer classes at all of our state conference we've done some outreach 
Um, we've had three or four outreach programs where we've taught 501 and 502 and, and had members, you know, really looking to increase our membership. My goal, uh, it's not a secret, is to become a dual membership state. It hasn't happened yet in California. However, I am a, an internal optimist in my life. And so um, I hope that I am around to see that when it happens. This year in California, I'll just tell you something super special. Um, with some of the money that CIF had, they had a great year last year at playoffs, et cetera. They are paying for the state conference for up to 600 athletic directors this April. And that wow. is going to open up, um, I think, some doors. We're in Santa Clara. So we're right next to like Levi Stadium where the 49ers play this year. So we're in our backyard. Um, and there's over 160 schools just in my section. You know, we're talking about 1,650 plus in California. But the first 600 athletic directors are going to get um, about 200 bucks, I think, of their of their registration fee covered. All they have to do is become a member um, by the CIF. And so that's a real shows you a real commitment to professional development and athletic administration from our leadership at the CIF office. That is great news. Share your observations regarding the recent NIAAA conference. And I shouldn't say recent because by the time this airs, I think you're going to be on right after Thanksgiving. So when people are listening to this, it'll be less than 10 days until the coming conference in Nashville. So talk about Denver and talk about how special it was. You know, I wrote down when I was uh, doing some reflecting for tonight. Um, it was a real sense of appreciation for me in Denver. Um, missing uh, and not being together was a lot harder than I thought. The virtual conference was great. It was amazing. It was full of information and inspiration. However, it just really didn't fill your soul. Um, and when you go to a national conference, your soul is filled. Um, I didn't have anybody to give my goodies to. Um, so there was no peanut butter brittle distri distribution and no goodie distribution, which was sad for me. Um, I didn't get cookies from Fred, which is always mm. sad for, for me too. And, you know, the people that you have connected with over the years and you look forward to that hug. And um, I will say in Denver, I didn't do too much hugging, to be honest. Um, I still was a little reluctant, even though. Um, I've had four shots now and, you know, everybody around us continues to get it, but everybody stays healthy getting it. Um, but, uh, I'm still cautious. I don't shake hands anymore. I do elbows all the time now. Um, and I think, I think there are some things we learned from the pandemic that maybe we didn't want to learn. Um, I know I wash my hands a lot more than I ever did before in my whole life. Um, but I just know going to a conference, there is nothing like it. I tell when I tell people just go to one, just go to one and you will, you will, I, it's like exercise. Nobody wakes up. I go to class at five 30 every morning. Nobody gets done at six 30 and says, Oh, I wish I hadn't come to class. I have never heard anybody in all my years say, Oh, I wish I hadn't gone to exercise this morning. I feel worse than I did when I started. Um, so it's the same thing. You go to that and you sit at tables with people from Hawaii and New York and Vermont and Connecticut and, you know, Washington and you hear and you learn and you grow and it's right in the middle kind of of the year. And it's a time where you just fill up your heart and your soul with good people. And 
it's funny because we're all so much alike when you get there because your 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 skill set it's a very specific skill set I think to be an athletic director I just I think it is um, and I believe that we're much more alike than we are different and I've just been so excited to see the you know our inclusivity of so many people and I think that we're going to see even more of that um, with the board. Um, I know I just signed up for the book club. I'm very excited to start the book club with Nomad um, starting up in a, I haven't got my book yet though. Um, but just the opportunities to grow as a person. And um, I think it was great because Denver was new. We'd never been there. Um, it was great to walk. It was a great facility to be able to walk around in. Um, and it wasn't too cold. So even the California girl was all right with just a coat. So <laughs> Excellent. What's the favorite part of your job, Gene? Well, that was easy. The favorite part is watching kids get better. <laughs> um, I, I love to watch, right now we have volleyball going on. I love to watch the freshmen, right? You go in and you go, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then by, by the end of October, you go, wow, look, look what you can do that you never had done before. Um, Right now, I think the favorite more, even more so for me, the favorite part has been the people who have come back. I have um, kids of kids, I kids of coaches who I coached and taught. So I have uh, two, a brother and a sister right now, and their mother and father both were my students. And the one is a senior and one is a sophomore. And to see them come back, um, to see my own daughter come back to the site. Um, this place is very special to me. And when I see those people, um, I have people come up and they go, I saw you talking, Mrs. Ashen. And I, uh, you had me. And I said, wait, here did, were you in my class? Oh, I graduated in 2000. I'm going, I do the math and I go, oh my gosh, you're 40 years old. How did that happen? Right. Um, and I love when they say, you know, you look the same. And I just can't believe you're still doing what you're doing. And I, I, I attribute CrossFit and exercise with that and um, a wonderful husband. Um, but I just love to see the people come back. And I love watching kids do what they do and the, the impact that coaches make. I'll tell you a story. Our football coach right now, we do grade checks every Wednesday, those pink sheets behind me. And he has added, they take them home Wednesday night to be signed by their parent and the the parent has to write on the bottom something the student has volunteered to help with at home. And it, I've seen on the pink sheets, he helped take out the trash. Um, he watched his uh, baby sister. Um, he made dinner. Um, and so the focus is like, how are we making these young men, we don't have any girls this year, but these young men into our next really contributing members of our society. I love that our coach has started that tradition and it is so cool to read what the parents um, are writing about what their sons are doing. That is a great story. And I hope our listeners in Utah and across the nation steal that from you and start using it. Let's, let's finish up with a couple of questions, Gene. The first one being, you've got two suggestions for a brand new athletic director. They need to follow these suggestions in order to be successful what would your two suggestions be? And those were easy, super easy. Number one, join all your professional organizations. So for me, 
That is the CCSADA, which is our local organization, the CSADA, which is our state, and the NIAAA. I am lucky enough to be in a league that pays for that to happen. We pay, we have 32 schools in our league here, and um, our principals, our board of managers has deemed it important. And so that is paid for with our league dues, which I, I really think is a great model for a lot of places to adopt. And then the last thing, the second thing that I thought of as soon as I saw this question was ask questions, go to see pe what people do, go shadow people. When a new athletic director comes into the, our league now, I send them my text right away, my cell phone. I send them um, the professional development. I send them, I say, come by anytime you want. Um, I had an athletic director, one of the new, one of the rookies today um, say, it's me again. <laughs> I said, it's fine. I, I, I am happy to help. And I really think we all, um, as singletons in our buildings often, we get into the fact that I'm all I'm in this all by myself. I don't have anybody that will help me. I have to set this up again by myself. Oh no, the chain the chain crew's not here yet. Oh no, my announcer is sick. I got to find somebody else to get in there. Everything it seems like falls on your shoulders. But every athletic director I've ever met has said to me, "You can call me anytime. You can text me anytime. You can modify and adapt, not steal." You can modify and adapt this presentation. You can modify and adapt this form here, take it. And I try to model that. And I would say that if you just ask questions and really stay open to others, you're gonna, you're gonna learn a lot and you're gonna be in the best job in the entire world. Great advice. Gene, what question should I have asked you that I failed to ask? Well, you didn't ask to see a picture of my grandchildren, so. Well then let's. <laughs> Let's do that right now. I want to no, see no. the. I want to see the three of them if you have no, them. No, no, no. I'm not going to show you. Well, I will tell you. I collect giraffes. Mark knows that, so you can say what what uh, what do I collect? Um, and you can tell I'm a Steeler fan. Um, mm -hmm. So that's it. But um, no, it's always fun to hear your voice and see you. And it was an honor to. It's been an honor to serve with you in the in Section Seven, and um, I really value those five st states in our section and the. The leadership that's come out of Section 7 is just incredible. And to have, you know, Rich Barton sitting in Indianapolis right now and looking out for us yeah. makes me feel really good. And um, all the people that have been on that board have made a huge, huge difference. Um, I've appreciated Xavier, you know, taking over and just running with things and making things better. And, you know, every year uh, things get better in our section. And it's because of the leadership that you started and so many others before us um, that really wanted to make a difference in our communities and in our state. Well, well, thank you. I better give a shout out to Bubba so he doesn't feel left out. So when he hears this, <laughs> he gets the last you, shout out. You all know he's the best assistant athletic director in the Absolutely. entire United States. <laughs> Absolutely. On that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the UIAAA Connection. Once again, our guest today has been Gene Ashen, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Athletics at North Salinas High School. Gene, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to, to spend time with you, Mark, as always. For our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UIAAA Connection.